Section 4 of Great Epochs in American History, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marcia Epic Harris. Great Epochs in American History, Volume 2. The Planting of the First Colonies, 1562-1733, by Francis Whiting Halsey. Section 4. Sir Walter Raleigh's Virginia Colonies II, The Return of the Colonists with Sir Francis Drake, 1586, by Ralph Lane. Footnote. Ralph Lane went out to Virginia in 1585 with the ships dispatched in that year by Raleigh and commanded by Sir Richard Grenville, a company numbering 100 householders. After landing at Roanoke, Grenville returned to England for supplies, leaving the colony in charge of Lane. Lane had left an important account of the experiences and suffering of the colonists during the absence of Grenville. His return was delayed. Drake, meanwhile coming up from St. Augustine, which he had just destroyed, put in at Roanoke in 1586, and the whole company returned to England with him. Grenville afterward arrived in Roanoke, finding no one there. He then returned to England, leaving on the island fifteen men. In the following year, Raleigh sent out to Roanoke John White. When White arrived, he found that these men had all been massacred by the Indians. Other expeditions were sent out later, but none was able to establish any colony at Roanoke. Lane's account is printed in Old South Leaflets. End of note. This fell out the 1st of June, 1586, and the 8th of the same came advertisement to me from Captain Stafford, lying at my Lord Admiral's Island, that he had discovered a great fleet of three-and-twenty sails. But whether they were friends or foes he could not yet discern, he advised me to stand upon as good guard as I could. The ninth of the said month he himself came unto me, having that night before and that same day travelled by land twenty miles, and I must truly report of him, from the first to the last, he was the gentleman that never spared labour or peril either by land or water, fair weather or foul, to perform any service committed unto him. He brought me a letter from the General Sir Francis Drake, with a most bountiful and honourable offer for the supply of our necessities to the performance of the action we were entered into, and not only of victuals, munition, and clothing, but also of barks, penises, and boats, they also by him to be victualed, manned, and furnished to my contentation. The tenth day he arrived in the road of our bad harbour and coming there to an anchor, the eleventh day, I came to him, whom I found in deeds most honourably to perform that which in writing and message he had most courteously offered, he having aforehand propounded the matter of all the captains of his fleet, and got their liking and consent thereto. With such thanks unto him and his captains for his care both of us and of our actions, not as the matter deserved, but as I could both for my company and myself, I, being aforehand prepared what I would desire, craved at his hands that it would please him to take with him into England a number of weak and unfit men for any good action which I would deliver to him, and in place of them to supply me of his company with oarmen, artificers, and others, that he would leave us so much shipping and victual as about August then next following would carry me and all my company into England when we had discovered somewhat that, for lack of needful provision and time left with us as yet, remained undone. That it would please him withal to leave some sufficient masters not only to carry us into England, 
when time should be, but also to search the coast for some better harborough, if there were any, and especially to help us to some small boats and oarmen, also for a supply of cavaliers, hand-weapons, match and lead, tools, apparel, and such like. He, having received these my requests, according to his usual commendable manner of government, as it was told me, calling his captains to counsel, the resolution was that I should send such my officers to my company as I used in such matters, with their notes to go aboard with him, which were the master of the victuals, the keeper of the store, and the vice-treasurer, to whom he appointed forthwith for me the Francis, being a very proper bark of seventy ton, and took present order for bringing a victual aboard for her a hundred men for four months, with all my other demands whatsoever to the uttermost. And further he appointed for me two penises, and four small boats, and that which was to perform all his former liberality toward us, was that he had gotten the full sense of two of as sufficient experimented masters as were any in his fleet, by judgment of them that knew them, with very sufficient yings to tarry with me, and to employ themselves most earnestly in the action, as I should appoint them, until the term which I promised of our return into England again. The names of one of those masters was Abraham Kendall, the other Griffith Hearn. With these things in hand, the provision aforesaid being brought, and bringing aboard, my said masters being also gone aboard, my said barks having accepted of their charge, and mine own officers, with others in like sort of my company, with them, all which was dispatched by the said general, the twelfth of the said month, and the thirteenth of the same, there arose such an unwanted storm, and continued four days, that had like to have driven all on shore, if the Lord had not held his holy hand over them, and the general very providently foreseen the worst himself, then about my dispatch putting himself aboard, but in the end, having driven sundry of the fleet to put to sea, the Francis also with all my provisions, my two masters, and my company aboard, she was seen to be free from the same, and to put clear to sea. This storm, having continued from the thirteenth to the sixteenth of the month, and thus my bark put away as aforesaid, the general coming ashore made a new proffer unto me, which was a ship of a hundred and seventy ton called the Bark Bonner, with a sufficient master and guide to tarry with me the time appointed, and victualled sufficiently to carry me and my company into England, with all provisions as before, but he told me that he would not for anything undertake to have her brought into our harbour, and therefore he was to leave her in the road, and to leave the care of the rest unto myself, and advised me to consider with my company of our case, and to deliver presently unto him in writing what I should require him to do for us, which, being within his power, he did assure me, as well for his captains as for himself, should be most willingly performed. Hereupon calling such captains and gentlemen of my company as then were at hand, who were all as privy as myself to the general's offer, their whole request was to me that, considering the case that we stood in, the weakness of our company, the small number of the same, the carrying away of our first appointed bark, with those two special masters, with our principal provisions in the same, by the very hand of God as it seemed, stretched out to take us from thence, considering also that his second offer, though most honourable of his part, yet of ours not to be taken, insomuch as there was no possibility for her with any safety to be brought into the harbour, seeing furthermore our hope for supply from Sir Richard Grenville so undoubtedly promised us before Easter not yet come, 
neither than likely to come this year, considering the doings in England for Flanders, and also for America, that therefore I would resolve myself with my company to go into England in that fleet, and accordingly to make request to the general in all our names that he would be pleased to give us present passage with him, which request of ours by myself delivered unto him he most readily assented unto, and so he sending immediately his penises unto our island for the fetching away of a few that there were left with our baggage, the weather was so boisterous, and the penises so often on ground, that the most of all we had, with all our cards, books, and writings, were by the sailors cast overboard, the greater number of the fleet being much aggrieved with their long and dangerous abode in that miserable road. From whence the general, in the name of the Almighty, weighing his anchors, having bestowed us among his fleet, for the relief of whom he had in that storm sustained more peril of wreck than in all his former most honorable actions against the Spaniards, with praises unto God for all, set sail the 19th of June, 1596, and arrived in Portsmouth the 7 and 20th of July, the same year. End of section 4 Recording by Marcia Epic Harris